Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal. And I'm here today with Bruce from Dr. Tongue's 3D House of Horrors. <laughs> Welcome, Bruce. Good evening, David. That was exhilarating. What a game. It was like a playoff game, wasn't it, in, yes. the, in uh, October? It, it had playoff intensity. That was a fantastic hockey game. Of course, if the Oilers lost, we wouldn't quite be so exhilarated. But they didn't lose. They won, and they really deserved to win, Bruce. The grade-A um, shots, let me just get to those real quick here. Uh, give me one second. Were 14 to 11 for the Oilers. And um, the five alarm shots, which are going 30% of the time and plus – 30% plus are we're seven to six for the Oilers. Um, the Oilers really dominated early. The Blues came on, and then the Oilers came came back. Uh, is how that that game went. Um, just a scintillating battle between two excellent hockey teams. Very well played game. Yes, it was indeed a well played game, and and uh, uh, very hotly contested in all areas of the ice, but especially around both goal creases. Yeah, lots of battling in that in, in that one. Okay, Bruce, this is our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast. And because it's a big Oilers win, for the first time this year, we will go with two good things each. Why don't you start it off? What's your first good thing? Sure. Uh, I'm going to tip the old hat to Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who... Uh, Scored a milestone goal in the best possible way. Uh, 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 a goal uh, that decided a, a tight, uh, high-intensity game late in the third period uh, on a play that uh, was a mix of, uh, of uh, just good hard play going to the net and a little bit of skill thrown in by uh, taking the puck out of the air and whacking it by the seemingly impenetrable Jordan Bennington in the uh, St. Louis net, who's been given the orders fit for 120 minutes now, and they finally managed to beat him two times in two games, but uh, uh, enough for, I think, a well-deserved split. Uh, but Nuge, uh, for his 200th career goal, you could hardly uh, ask for a better setting than uh, than that and uh, to... Uh, get the job done and that was that was the tip of the iceberg of what I thought was a pretty good game for him uh, statistics show he played 21 minutes uh, in this game five shots on net uh, 58% on the faceoff dot best on the team and uh, he was uh, uh, he was in puck hawk mode you know he was just uh, <coughs> I thought uh, fully engaged in the uh, endless puck battling that was going on in this uh, in this contest and and uh, uh, he was one of the more successful ones and uh, he did get singled out as the game's second star between the two goalies uh, uh, no doubt based on that game-winning goal and the tried and true formula uh, but uh, I thought uh, pretty deserving of it and uh, nice to see him uh, uh, again just uh, get that milestone with uh, one that really mattered yeah, he um, on that two-minute power play oh. uh, that the Oilers had in the second period where they just kept putting on the pressure, 
I don't remember many two-minute power plays, Bruce. That's a very rare thing, where you're where you're in the op- opposition and the entire two minutes. And he came close. He got a really nice tip shot. Well, Drysaddle got a great shot off too there, right? Like his one timer. Mm-hmm. So there was two five alarm chances, and Nuge got one of them. Interestingly, the Oilers had two penalties, and Nuge only played um, on the PK uh, thirty seconds. So um, Drysaddle was out there for most of it. <clears throat> possibly because the orders were hemmed in, I think, for mm-hmm. on one of those PKs for quite a bit of time. But Nuge wasn't used so much on the PK, but uh, he did have a good a good game. I loved the, the winning goal because it was the winning goal, but it was just the way they scored it. They had been putting on a lot of pressure on um, St. Louis in their end, and they had already got one grade-A chance. Hyman had come out. Kulak had set him up, and Hyman had come out from the side of the crease and almost scored. Then St. Louis finally got it out, but Bouchard heads up, passed that puck um, right in. Like they they just regrouped and went right back at it. I think Kulak went in there and Hyman uh, won a battle, and then finally McDavid set up Nugent Hopkins for the goal. It was a five man effort. It was a it was a brilliant goal um, where they just worked they worked their uh, they worked their butts off and were rewarded for it. So. Now McDavid, McDavid fished the puck out behind the net, and he came out to just above the goal line. And man, what a pass he made! Threaded it through this narrow port, right across the goal mouth where Nuge was breaking through on the far side. Uh, McDavid did not have a lot of space to make that pass, and he was able to zip it right through. <clears throat> Outward, Bennington couldn't reach it either, and uh, St. Louis had done such a fantastic job in this game, cutting out passes through the slot. Time and again, the Oilers were in with a good chance, and it was a two-on-one. They couldn't get the pass through, or there was a big pileup in front. One of the defensemen would make a hero play, and I'm talking like very good defensive plays by individual St. Louis players, like half a dozen or more that saved at least a deadly chance. All right, I will go with my first uh, good thing, and it's the third. The third line, which has been ever since they came together, I think three or four games ago, uh, Warren Fogle, Ryan McLeod, and Yessa Pugliarvi have been playing well together. And um, Fogel and Pugliarvi have been getting a lot of heat as <coughs> some of the $3 million men who haven't been uh, scoring. But Yessa Pugliarvi scored tonight. And mm-hmm. it was a fantastic, absolutely fantastic rush by Warren Fogel. Just barged down that wing and um, threw the puck out uh, between some skates into the slot area, which is usually a pretty good play, even if it was a blind pass. Right on Darnell Nurse's stick, and Nurse made no mistake. He just absolutely blasted that puck, winged that puck through uh, St. Louis coverage, and Pugliarvi got his stick on it as it went to the net. And I don't think it would have scored if he hadn't. It had, I think it changed mm-hmm. the direction. Oh, and, yeah. and Very nice play. It was... Pugliarvi's second grade-A shot of the game. He had come down the wing earlier in the game. Um, Ryan McLeod had set him up for Mm -hmm. um, a nice pass. And he came down. eh? 2-1-1, Fogel was there on the other side. And and Pugliarvi put a difficult shot on net. Um, Ryan McLeod has just been playing exceptional hockey. He's showing a lot of confidence with the puck, um, skill with the puck, and overall speed. He, he, as we said, he set up Pugliarvi. He got his own nice shot on a tip um, in the first period on net and um, set up Fogel for what should have been a goal. I mean, that was just horseshoes for Bennington, honest, honestly, where they came down on a two-on-one and um, McLeod put it 
um, right on Fogel's stick in the slot on a kind of a cross-seam pass, and Fogel got it right on net, and Bennington somehow stopped it. But uh, um, there was one ugly play where he and uh, in the third period where he and Bouchard Bouchard put it off McLeod's skate, yes. and that led to Barbershop. Barbashev getting a five-alarm <laughs> in the third period. That was a shaky moment. Those things happen. Those things happen in hockey. It's uh, The puck is round, the ice is slippery, and uh, mm. all kinds of crazy stuff happens in hockey. Uh, Fogel, Fogel's best game of the year, McLeod's best game of the year, Pugliarvi's best game of the year. That no line um, was was just really strong. I'm thinking, like, what am I going to give them all? Eights or all sevens? I haven't decided yet, so... Mm. We'll figure that one out in a little bit as I do the grading here. I was talking about that line on uh, on the radio today. I'm, I'm my regular Wednesday spot on uh, the Low Tide and Jameson show on TSN 1260, and I was I like the makeup of the line that they have. You know, two big, strong, grinding wingers, and in between them, uh, you know, another big but speedy uh, puck transporter in McLeod, and I'm not sure they're going to score a million goals, but they're going to spend a lot of time in the good end of the ice because McLeod's going to get it there, and those two big guys are going to bang around on the forecheck and and on the cycle and keep it in there. And that's uh, uh, that's kind of what happened on that goal. Uh, you know that they. I mean, it was uh, it was a, a kind of a rush play, but it was a uh, you know a play where. Fogel went, made the play from behind the net, and the Pugliarvi got the deflection from in front. But there was a few other plays where they were uh, uh, they were just uh, uh, just playing good, strong hockey, and not getting pushed around at all. And against St. Louis, it's pretty easy to get pushed around. And uh, tonight, the Oilers pushed back. Most of them did. They did. They learned their lesson, right? They they got they just got stymied, thwarted, absolutely uh, stomped dominated mm-hmm. in that game um, on the weekend. And uh, this was a real um, statement for the Edmonton Oilers to be able to come back in a game like this, Bruce, mm-hmm. and play the way they did. They, they were the team, most of the game that was dominating. You know, St. Louis got going, but the Oilers were the team that were, were the ones taking it to them when it counted at the start and at the end. And um, that's when they scored at the start and at the end. What's your second good thing, Bruce? Uh, Twenty to six in the second period shots for St. Louis, and they did come on at the in the last five minutes or so of that period. But Edmonton I think St. Louis is. Go ahead. And I think Edmonton had more chances than they had actual shots. They just had they had a lot that weren't getting through that were being, as I mentioned, saved by hero plays by the defenders, either making emergency shot blocks or or uh, stopping deadly passes in tight to the net but uh, Edmonton I mean by our count Edmonton did have the majority of the of the of the grade A chances uh, I wouldn't be surprised if St. Louis's shot total was inflated honestly it seemed like I didn't see them really out shooting the others but maybe I'm wrong go ahead Bruce yeah uh, yeah my second good thing I'm going to uh-huh. pick uh, <clears throat> uh, Darnell Nurse in this game and I thought he was. I thought he was composed and in control from the very first shift of this game. I looked good on the puck, crisply moving the puck, uh, skating well, standing up, um, just standing in there. Now here's one place where the St. Louis counters did not credit anything because they said Darnell Nurse had zero hits in that game, and they said most of the Oilers had zero hits, and the team as a whole had eight to twenty-one. I don't know about that. Uh, I do know that uh, 
uh, uh, I thought Nurse Nurse was strong on the on the uh, uh, on the defensive side. I thought he uh, skated really well, uh, and he had a key play in two Oilers goals, the first and the last. Uh, the first uh, being when he uh, 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 jumped into the play to uh, take that shot that uh, Pogliarvi tipped home. And you could see, if you watch the replay on that goal, uh, watch the trajectory of the puck. Before it gets to Pugliarvi, it's a flat puck. And after it goes by Pugliarvi's stick, it's a wobbling puck. You see the slow motion replay. He definitely got a piece of it. But that was a good tippable shot that uh, Darnell let fly there. Uh, and then on the uh, uh, empty net goal at the end, uh, Nurse twice uh, stood in the lane and blocked wicked shots by uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, who's one of the wicked shooters in this league. And the second one, the puck took a, a more favorable bounce than the first one had, and it went to uh, uh, went to uh, Kane and Drysaddle, who were able to together work it out. And uh, Drysaddle fed uh, uh, Hyman for the uh, the cherry picker Hyman for the uh, open net breakaway, and uh, that uh, that put it to bed. Uh, but uh, like it wasn't a perfect game from Nurse, and he almost never plays a perfect game. Uh, perfect's not his middle name. Uh, but m- positive influence around the game, absolutely. I thought he had a lot of good moments in this game. And he was a pretty commanding figure out there. And he played 24 minutes and 10 seconds on a night that no other Oiler D-man got to even 19 minutes. Like he was clearly the guy they were most heavily relying on in a, a low-scoring game with either a one-goal lead or a tie score. And uh, I thought he played well. He did take a penalty in the third period, which the referees did not call many penalties in this game, but Darnell got his two minutes worth for that one, clearing the slot uh, with a with a heavy, I think they must have called cross-checking, did they, anyway? Uh, yeah, he cross-checked them all right. But at least, they, yeah, well, he did. I mean... At least, at least he got his two minutes worth, and it was a play where if he didn't take that guy out, there was a, a dangerous potential of how uh, how it might have gone down. Uh, anyway, just overall, I just thought he looked strong, and r- right from the very first shift, and and some just good smart plays. There was one shift where he made two uh, two passes in a row off the end boards, and then later in the same shift. Uh, he just made a quick play at, at his own blue line to, to uh, intercept a puck coming in and immediately chip it back up the ice and the Oilers got going on the counterattack and, and uh, a scoring chance ensued out of that one. Um, yeah, that, that, that moment when he took the cross-checking penalty, he had just uh, lost the battle in the slot there and there had already been a very dangerous St. Louis shot. And I was also... There was one other moment I didn't like his play was in the last minute there. St. Louis put the puck right through the crease. He was kind of playing high. Mm-hmm. And um, Neighbors, I think Jack Michaels called it a shot, but I don't think Neighbors got a stick on it. But it was a very dangerous moment. And I, don't, I think Nurse should have been cutting out that pass. So there was, a, as you say, he doesn't play a perfect game. But I agree with you, Bruce. He looked very composed most of the game and um, w- was very strong. Um he seemed he's just moving really well. He's really mm-hmm. confident nice and um, well again, isn't it? he's he's consistently bringing his A game. Now his A game isn't he's not going to win the Norris Trophy, Darnell Nurse. Probably not. But he is a real number one D man in the NHL. He plays constantly against tough competition and he holds his own. So you are going to make mistakes against when you're playing. You know, unless you're Chris Pronger, right? 
you are going to make mistakes against these the very best players in the world. <coughs> he and he does, but um, he gets more he gets more of it than he gives up. He's uh, mm-hmm. he's quite a he's quite a hockey player. Bruce, my um, second good thing is Stuart Skinner. And um, he had a very quiet early part of the game. He, you know, he was sharp on everything that he needed to be sharp on. And then St. Louis, at the end of the second period, just started to rip off grade A shot after grade A shot. And he just was tremendous. He, you know, he saved every single one of them, except for the one that O'Reilly batted out of the air. <clears throat> in the third, um, there was lots of scary moments in the third. Mm-hmm. Nathan Walker got a good shot. Um, that's the one that uh, Nurse lost the battle on and, Right. Walker got a good shot, and that and Barbashev of Barbashev's uh, shot off the McLeod Bouchard turnover. But other than that, um, he didn't. There was lots of action, but not a lot of dangerous uh, action for uh, Skinner. But nonetheless, that that spate in the that period in the uh, late in the second period where he played so well, and just his early sharpness, his his late composure. Man, he looked like a he looked like a real NHL goalie. Um, he looked like a solid veteran hockey player, composed, solid, not going to give you, not going to give up a bad goal and going to make some big saves. I mean, everything you'd want in a goalie, Stuart Skinner was tonight. I'm going to have to give him an eight, I think, for that game, maybe even a nine. But oh, easily. he was, uh, he he had a, he had a great game. I, I'm going to give him an eight. So He was square to every shot. Yeah, like you know, St. Louis would be uh, letting go of drive, and Skinner would be in the right spot, and the puck would hit him in the breadbasket or in the body. He wasn't giving up any fat rebounds. I mean, the one goal was scored on a rebound where O'Reilly took it out of the air and whacked it off of Skinner, and you know, into the net with killer goal, five seconds left in the period. But um, uh, that wasn't on Skinner. Uh, that was on a breakdown in front of him that we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, uh, all the all the shots, first time shots off of St. Louis sticks. I don't think there was one where he was out of position. And he's such a big guy; he just sort of fills the net. And tonight he filled it like he he left me feeling very secure indeed that the next shot was not going to go in. It was going to hit Stuart Skinner, and then it was going to stick to him. I might have to uh, give him a nine. I'll have to see. Yeah, well, 38 <laughs> saves, one or 37 yeah. saves, one goal, and uh, just there was the, a lot of pressure. You know, it wasn't necessarily that, yeah. great shots but, uh, all the time, but he made a lot of those shots look ordinary by just, you know, taking away the shooter's options. So yeah. uh, I, I was very impressed with Skinner's game. In fact, I would say he's played the two best games of the Oilers goalies this year, and he's only played in three games. He played that 50-minute relief effort against Calgary, uh, fantastic in that game, no goals against, and a lot of dangerous shots. And then tonight, you know, one goal against for a for a win. And I did not see all of the one nothing or two nothing loss to St. Louis on Saturday, which uh, I understand was the best game so far for Campbell. But it was uh, Stu- Skinner. Just to just to focus on Skinner, uh, he's had three games and two of them were outstanding. And third one, you know, I don't know that he was the reason they lost to Buffalo. It just wasn't it wasn't their night, and it wasn't his either. Gives me a lot of confidence, right, having a goalie like mm-hmm. that, because if if an injury happens, then you have him to carry the load, right? So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> all right, Bruce, what is your bad thing? Yeah, 
I got to single out Kyrie Yamamoto, uh, much as it pains me to do so. Uh, I just didn't see enough out of him tonight. I didn't see enough strength on the puck. I uh, didn't see enough one puck battles. Uh, and there wasn't really much that, that he generated. Zero shots on net, uh, you know, playing on a pretty good line. Uh, well, zero hits, whatever that means in this game. Uh, and I just thought a, a fairly mediocre effort. And when you look at the uh, uh, at the shot shares, he's bottom of the barrel. With the Oilers could have shot 10 to 2 when Yamamoto was on the ice. Significantly uh, lower even than his own line mates, so you kind of wonder what the heck is going on there. But uh, uh, I'm not seeing him good uh, these last number of games, and I didn't really see him good in this game. Uh, he did have a key play where he got away with uh, what looked like a fairly obvious penalty in the <laughs> neutral zone, and I noticed the guy on Sportsnet after the game, the color guy, saying St. Louis got every reason to be sour about that game. Because they missed this obvious call on Yamamoto just for Edmonton oh, scores. And I'm going, yeah, well, what about the obvious call they missed on Bennington punching Kane in the face? Or the obvious call they missed when Drysdale got cross-checked in the back during an Oilers power play that didn't get called? Or the obvious uh, penalty that got missed when Bertuzzo absolutely boarded Devin Short from behind into the boards? Or the one where Drysdale got hauled down in the offensive corner with like 2.10 to go in the third period. So if you're going to talk about missed calls, let's talk about all the missed calls. So there's a <laughs> few of them. And I will resist the strong temptation to call the Zebras my bad thing. But I do note that Edmonton got three whole power plays in two games against St. Louis, who was playing a mean, tough game against them. And I guess, I mean, it's a good test. And uh, to survive and even get the split is... Uh, is is uh, uh, a good outcome, but uh, it was a it was a uh, not a, a, a f- I don't think the whole team was at top of their game tonight, but enough of the guys were to uh, just barely get the job done. You know he was injured, right, uh, to start the year Yamamoto. Yes, he missed some games. He missed and the first game, yeah. Yeah, he missed the game, and um, he he hasn't looked like he's playing healthy. When he's Maybe playing healthy, Kari Yamamoto is quicker and more tenacious. And in, in you know. Tenacity is his game for yeah, sure. Tenacity, that, that's what I'm sort of seeing. We're not seeing it, Bruce. Coming down two on two and and, uh, and not making a strong play with the puck at the blue line and having it go the other way. And this was a game where, you know, players needed to play with their man strength because they sure were playing against it. And uh, maybe t- tonight he just looked small and light, like I guess he is. And, you know, I don't mean to single that out other than it seemed to be apparent in the game that uh, he wasn't winning strength battles and puck battles for the most part. Yeah, I'm going to I'm guessing he's still working his way back. Yeah, from that, that may well be that may well be so. Um, my bad thing, Bruce. Uh so the Oilers have their nurse in this one nothing lead and they get a penalty uh, late in the second period. I can't recall the penalty off the top of my head. Um, it was Kane first coming down and chopping a guy's stick. Oh, yeah. That, That's that, a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> that was your first outburst uh, about the refs online. Bruce and I communicate during the game on our score sheet. It's, you know, our great. And we delete some of it because it we needs delete to be deleted. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, colorful uh, description there and um anyway they, they did a good job of killing off that penalty 
They were getting it done. And then just at the right at the end of the penalty, near the end of the period, it looks like they're going to get out of the period with a one nothing lead. They send Connor McDavid out to kill the last um, 15, 20 seconds of the penalty. And what does he do? He gets over aggressive. And the Blues are breaking in, and and there's two D back in the middle of the ice, and they're coming down the wing on and and Nuge, on Nuge's side of the ice, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and he he's there to make the play and battle for the puck. So McDavid, you'd think, you know, stay on your side, cover cover off the other side in case they make a pass over, but he goes charging over there, and loses the battle and is out of the play, and what happens? Immediately the puck goes to his side of the ice where he should have been, and he's out of position to make a play and they get a, they get a, sh- a pretty open shot that Kulak has a hard time blocking. I mean, he's kind of left out there on an Island because it's so wide open the shot and um, the rebound goes to O'Reilly and uh, into the net. So, um, you know, Connor McDavid isn't uh, a seasoned penalty killer. It's not his forte. I, I question why he was out there, honestly, oh, wow. at, the end of a, at the end of a period um, killing that penalty but he also made the mistake uh, through over enthusiasm, over aggression, which is which will happen, I think, to inexperienced penalty killers. Yeah. Well, this shift was uh, it started with 15 seconds left in the <laughs> period, and was late in the power play, but not that late in the sense that usually McDavid's shifts at the end of power plays are done so that he can then be already out there when the guy comes out of the box. But in this case, in ten of the 1811 of the second period so he wasn't going to come out of the box before the end of the period no matter what and so they had like 20 seconds of penalty to kill 10 in the second 10 in the third and they sent mcdavid out to set for the very last few seconds of the second and he got sucked way out of position i mean you got two forwards on the same boards on the penalty kill well guess what you only got two forwards so you haven't got a guy behind you that's going to clean up the middle of the ice and that, uh, that turned bad real fast. Yes. I mean, he redeemed himself with a great pass. Oh, yes. Uh, he redeemed <laughs> the, himself in a lot of ways. But that, that, sure was, that was just a... Uh, 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 I, w- I would share some of the uh, some of the criticism there for whoever uh, uh, sent him out there. I mean, they just, it just didn't make sense. Bruce, mm-hmm. your number. Yeah, I'm going to go with the number... Three, uh, and that's the number of goals that the Oilers scored to win this game. And really, they only needed two uh, to win this game. Uh, and that's the first time this year that they've won a game with fewer than five goals. And I was starting to get concerned that they're going to need a score fest every time they win a game. That they, they hadn't shown yet the uh, ability to win uh, a lower scoring game. They lost four three, four two, two nothing. And they'd won their games 5 3, 5 3, and 6 3, was it? No, 5 3, 6 4, and 6 3. So, uh, I mean, love, love all those goals, but I don't like the thought that you're going to need to score five times to win a hockey game. And tonight they showed that they have other uh, ways of winning a game. And it's early in the season, you're going to expect, obviously, a little funkiness in the distributions at this point. But it was just kind of reassuring to see them. Uh, put up a good enough defensive and goaltending effort uh, to uh, uh, to win a low-scoring tight game. Indeed. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, my number is um, eight. The owners have let in um, 
eight power play goals now in seven games. And um, that's not good, Bruce. And it's been, um, it's the biggest problem on the team right now is their PK. They're just not getting it done. They're just not getting it done every single game. They've let in at least uh, at least one. <clears throat> so uh, to put that in perspective, uh, last year in 82 games, they let in 52 power play goals. Um, mm-hmm. And the power play wasn't even that good last year. It was it was uh, 17th overall in the league. It was mediocre. So um, this year, they're falling apart. And, you know, we track grade A shots on the power play. They're letting in a much higher rate of grade A shots than they did last year um, on the power play. Mm-hmm. And way higher than they did when they were one of the best PKs in the in the league. So, <laughs> excuse me, there's something going wrong on the, on the PK. Um, these, these things are hard to analyze. Like one person just suggested they're not working hard enough. They're not digging in and working hard enough. I don't know if that's the case uh, or if it's personnel. I mean, they've lost Chris Russell and Adam Larson in the last couple of years. Those two guys were outstanding penalty killers. <coughs> Excuse me. So losing those two guys does not help. And, um, you know, they've had, um, they've tried Ryan Murray and Tyson Berry out there. That That's not going to work. Um, Evan Bouchard's been a little better. And... Um, uh, CC and Nurse have had their struggles early on as well. Nuge has had his struggles early on. So, you know, this is just a struggling penalty kill. I don't have the answers. I don't even have a solid critique of it, honestly. But they've got to get this together. You can't let in, obviously, you can't let in a power play goal every single game in the NHL. So, um, you got to figure it out. Yeah, they're on pace for about 95 power play goals against at this point. Yuck. And obviously, that's going to calm down. I'm finding they're they're struggling to clear the zone, yeah. and there's there's too many plays where it looks like they have a chance to clear it, and they either make a weak shot or they fire and bounce one off of another oiler, uh, or you know they pass it right to the guy in the point, or you know or whiff it. There's just uh, Nima line and hit McLeod, I think, in the third. Yeah. Period. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was it was not good, and they're just struggling. Like they just don't. I really do think it's a personnel thing. They 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 mm-hmm. might need to go, you know, either train Niemalainen or when Broberry's healthy, call him up, see how he does. I just don't like, you know, they're trying this player, that player. I don't mind Evan Bouchard. He did a good job last year. And um, because when he gets his stick on the puck, it's usually out of the order's end. Like that's the good thing about Evan Bouchard. And he's getting better positionally all the time. Like he's never, he's not going to ever be big Bobby Clobber. But he is smart positionally now, getting smarter. So I, I like CC okay, but CC struggled this year on the PK. Nurse has had his moments too of struggle. So they're just not in sync. They're not getting it done. They're leaking uh, grade A shots and they're leaking goals. So not good. Um, that should be job one, fixing that. Because at even strength, this has been a pretty good team. Like in terms of grade A shots, they're they're doing better than the opposition um, by quite a bit, according to our numbers. So. Um, and their power play strong. So if they can get that going, if they can really tighten it down on the PK, um, let the good times roll. Yeah. Yeah, because you know the power play is going to produce. I mean, it didn't get a goal tonight, but man, were they ever creating uh, incredible scrambles and pileups. It was like rugby at the at the 
one one meter line uh, a lot of the Oilers power plays and they just couldn't ever seem to get the clean pass or shot through uh, got it into uh, uh, into the net but uh, as the commentator said you know all the goals tonight at least the real goals against goalies were scored out of midair there was nothing real clean about uh, uh, about the uh, the plays because the, the uh, uh, defense and goaltending was so staunch it took some sort of extraordinary deflection or or uh, uh, bounce out of a shot out of the air and into the net for uh, for a goal even to be scored after they had it to St. Louis for rebuilding so fast I mean bringing in players like Robert Thomas and oh, man, uh, he's good and um, Kairou and um, um, Tori Krug mm-hmm. <laughs> he's working out Colton Preco, of course, has always been there. Jake Neighbors looks good, so this is a hell of a team. And Nick Ivan Barbashev, the guy they got Ivan with Barbashev. the draft pick that uh, from the from the uh, Magnus Pyarvi for David Perron <clears throat> trade. There you go. That was Magnus Pyarvi in a second round pick for Davis Pyar- uh, David Perron, and the second round pick turned out to be Ivan Barbashev, who's played his whole career there in St. Louis, and has suddenly emerged as an offensive force after years of being a Pestiferous checker. Barba Papa. All right, Bruce. Mm. Let's uh, let's leave it there. I got to write the great game game grade. So mm-hmm. thanks for talking tonight. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.